0: Welcome to the Octavius Gould Experience, and I am your host, Octavius Gould. I have 25 years of corporate leadership and entrepreneurship experience, but most importantly, as I always say, I am the father of two amazing young women. Today, I am excited to bring to you episode number three, titled The Devastating Mistakes of Entrepreneurship. I'll discuss the most prevalent mistakes made by entrepreneurs and how you can avoid them. As many of you know, the mortality rate for entrepreneurs is extremely high. You have the lack of financial stability, non-existent leadership skills, and limited resources being three causes why many founders of new businesses fell, especially within the first year. I'll break this down a little further and give you the 10 most prevalent reasons why entrepreneurs fell. One being poor management. Many small business owners lack the knowledge, the leadership skills, and the decision-making prowess to be successful. In many cases, these entrepreneurs were individual contributors in corporate America and didn't have direct reports or responsibilities that translate well into being a business owner. But that's okay. If you're in that situation, get a business coach, get a mentor. Work with someone who can really help you get acclimated and help you build your business acumen as you build your business, especially if you have a great business idea. It's less about money and more to do with poor decision making in many cases. So you have to be fundamentally sound as a new business owner because every decision you make in year one is mission critical. The mortality rate of small businesses in year one is extremely high. And as you get to year two, year four, year five, your chances for success increases significantly. So don't be afraid to ask for help and tap into resources that are available on the Internet. You can Google a lot of information as it relates to building a business. But we all know people who have done it before. So why not tap into the knowledge base of someone who's gone through all the ebbs and flows of failure and success and who can teach you how to avoid the mistakes. But again, I'm giving you 10 right now. So number two, the lack of financial intelligence is a big problem. Undercapitalization is a common cause of business failure, as we all know, because many entrepreneurs start their business on a shoestring budget. It's important to understand that life is precious and you don't want to procrastinate and put off your dream because you don't want to sit there and watch other people live your dream. But at the same time, timing is everything, whether it be in sports and business. Timing is everything. And you need to make sure that you're patient enough to start your business at the right time. You can do it part time as a side hustle. As long as it's not a conflict of interest with your employer, but just make sure that you have enough money put away to cover a few months of your bills. Some people will say three to four months. Some people will say six months, or even longer. You have to make that decision because you know your financial footing and your financial standing. But it's extremely important that you have the cash flow to sustain your business taking a few months. To become profitable. And on that note, some entrepreneurs actually misjudge the startup costs. You have to conduct the appropriate research up front before you jump into the entrepreneurial waters. Talk to different entrepreneurs who are in the same marketplace that you're looking to enter. Now, you may not be able to get the information that you want from someone who may be in your direct marketplace. So for example, I'm in Atlanta, I may not necessarily talk to a business owner in Atlanta. If you're in New Jersey, you may not want to talk to someone in New Jersey because they may fear the competition. But reach out to someone on the other coast or just research on the internet because you can find a lot of information that will give you insight into the startup cost for your particular business and your marketplace. Then there's the lack of appropriate cash management techniques. And here's what I mean by this unless you were a CFO or you were in an accounting department of your employer's office and company, you may lack the financial business acumen to go into a small business, your startup, and understand how to create financial reports, how to manage cash flow. Again, tap into a mentor, get a business coach, research on the internet, everything that you can to enhance your financial acumen. You will enhance your chances for success significantly if you understand money, if you understand finances, if you understand reports and budgeting. Another issue you have with a lot of business owners is the lack of a sound credit screening. Here's what I mean by that. You know, as entrepreneurs, sometimes, and I can appreciate this, you get desperate or you get excited to get a new client and you'll take on anyone. For example, When I was a business owner in 2001, my executive search firm had an opportunity to secure an agreement with a 15-year-old global company out of New York. They needed, I think, three sales professionals in the New York, D.C. area. But prior to signing the agreement, I spoke to someone who had a relationship or a previous business relationship with the company, and they told me, be careful because they don't pay their bills. Just like some people don't pay their bills at home, there are businesses and companies and corporations out there that just don't pay their bills. And if they're large enough, many, in many cases, they understand that you don't have the resources to sue them or take legal actions, so they may just draw it out a few months until you give in and then offer you maybe 50% um, instead of the 100% that you're owed. Well, in this case, I did a great job, got the three salespeople, and on top of that, was able to provide talent for them internationally in Europe. They had to fill two positions in Europe, and they were having extreme difficulty finding talent. And although I didn't have experience, my firm didn't have experience recruiting outside of the U.S., we took on the challenge and was able to fill those job requisitions in a matter of two months. So on top of finding the three people that they wanted initially in the U.S., we took care of their international needs as well when it was time for them to pay the invoice of about $80,000, their CFO said that while he was on vacation, the CEO signed their agreement and he was the signing authority for recruitment and hiring. Having been in business at that particular time for about four years and having seen some of this or heard about these techniques, I quickly sat down with the CFO, showed him the agreement and said, is the name on this agreement The CEO of the company? Yes. Am I correct that you report to the CEO of the company? Yes. And (laughs) I took that leverage along with the fact that I had a relationship with someone who worked at a law firm and said, listen, we can do this one of two ways. We can just agree that the CEO is the hiring authority here within this organization. He signed the agreement. So you owe me the money. Or I can get an attorney and we can go through all the back and forth with our attorneys and we're both going to pay attorney fees and you'll end up having to pay me the money anyway in the long run. So why don't you just cut the check now? So, you know, I'm a Jersey guy. They were Jersey, New York, dudes. So some people will take your kindness for weakness. So I think once I was able to show them that, you know, I was a business person and even though I was a small business owner, I understood my position legally. And my agreement was ironclad. They cut that check. So that's just a story that I just wanted to tell because it happens often where you get these large organizations that will do, will do business with small business owners. And they know you may not have the resources to sue them or take legal actions. So they'll just run you around over and over again until you finally give in. Or they'll just cut you a check 50% of what you're owed and just tell you to take it or, or leave it. So that's what I meant by poor screening of credit. And then some entrepreneurs will have what I call sloppy collection procedures, meaning that, you know, you don't have a lot of resources. So you're the business owner. You're also the collection department as well. So you need to collect your money from clients once you complete the assignment. So it may be net 30 or net 60 that they're supposed to pay you. And now you're 90 days in. How do you handle that? Do you take a really strong approach to get your money or do you take a soft approach? You need to understand the temperature of the client and understand the relationship, because in many cases you may get your money, but you may lose the client. So you got to be really tactful in how you approach A client that's paying you outside of that net 30 net 60 window because you have to get your money because it may be the thing that helps your business survive or maybe the thing that causes your business to fail if you have a sloppy collection procedure so just make sure you tighten that up up front and figure out how you're going to approach that with each client then you also have some entrepreneurs with undisciplined spending habits and I was there When I started my business, the first checks were spent before they even came in. And as the checks were coming in, I was spending them. I talked about this in previous podcast episodes that, you know, I was young. It was about 23, 24 years ago. So all I knew was that I was profitable. The business was doing great. I needed things for my business. I needed things personally. And I was taking those checks and living my best life. And then 9-11 happened. I was stuck, no reserve cash flow because I just anticipated that all the checks would continue to flow as well as they had been flowing from month 1. So make sure that you don't have undisciplined spending habits as an entrepreneur. Your money should be going back into the business or being put into savings, you know, save for that rainy day because cash flow is extremely important as I will explain in future episodes. You know, there are even entrepreneurs who will start their business and they'll open up this lavish office, nice furniture, the pool table. The most prominent entrepreneurs started their business in the basement of their home, in their bedroom, in their kitchen. Don't be worried about impressing people. You should be focused on generating revenue and cash flow and putting money back into your business. The nice new car can wait. The trips can wait. The bling can wait. The stunting can wait. Be smart, be financially astute, and make sure that you're building your business with cash flow. Then you have no practical experience being a call, the cause of some entrepreneur's failing. You need knowledge in the niche that you're going to go into. You must have a sufficient conceptual ability to be successful as an entrepreneur. It's also important that You have the power to visualize and coordinate, integrate the various operations of the business into a synergistic whole. And a lot of entrepreneurs lack the ability to do so. And in that case, I go back to the need to get a mentor or a business coach to help you along the way. And then I love this one. I call this the field of dreams mistake. You know, that Kevin Costner movie, Build It and They Will Come. That's really bad marketing. But a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, that's their philosophy. If I build it, they will come. If I put my business card out there, if I put my website up, they will come. If I go to these networking events, they will come. If I do a podcast, they will come. If I post on social media every day, they will come. And that's not necessarily the case. If you talk to any marketing expert out there, there's a need for you to have a sustained marketing initiative. You must convey the quality of your value proposition. You also must, also must identify creative ways to market without breaking your bank. And again, if you didn't work in a marketing department of your previous employer, that may be challenging for you or for some people. And that's why a lot of entrepreneurs fell. And again, I'm giving you these gems and these tidbits not to scare you. This is a way for you to understand why other people failed in their entrepreneurial endeavor, so you don't make the same mistakes. You also have to be careful with uncontrolled growth. And that sounds a little strange to some people or may sound strange to some people. Why would uncontrolled growth be a reason why an entrepreneur would fail? Because most entrepreneurs want to grow. Well, growth must be planned and controlled. For example, when I started my executive search firm in 1997. We were profitable month one. And I want to say it was the year 2000. The telecommunications industry was booming. You had a lot of c coming into the industry and really disrupting the marketplace. And they, they were doing a lot of hiring. You're really competing with AT&T, MCI, and Sprint. I think at that particular time in 2000, and this was right before 9-11, we probably had 14 clients all over the U.S. And we were at that particular time, a two, three person operation. And we were biting off more than we could chew. Uncontrolled growth. We had vice presidents calling us by the week asking for recruiting help. And every time they called, we accepted the assignment. <laughs> now, we were doing a great job. We were never Overpromising promising and under-delivering. We were always under-promising and over-delivering. The only problem is we were working 15, 16 hours a day just to meet the demand of our clients. So it's very important that you have controlled growth. Peter Drucker, the management expert, says that startup companies can expect to outgrow their capital bases each time sales increases to around 45%. So again, as an entrepreneur, it's great to grow and to be profitable immediately, but you have to manage that growth like you manage anything else. Expansion should be financed by profits that entrepreneurs generate, and I call that retained earnings. Owners should also consider financing their own growth or you know, getting bank loans or investor loans will work as well. Because as the business grows, problems will increase significantly. So leaders must be competent. Entrepreneurs must be competent. Now hear that. As your business grows, your problems will increase. So you must be prepared. Also, no strategic plan is a reason why many entrepreneurs fell. I always say people don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. Strategic planning is mission critical and not just for big companies. Yesterday, I read a post, and it was by a major airline's executive. I guess in the post, the person said, we don't have strategic plans, we just do things. I think what they were trying to portray is that they didn't sit around a boardroom like their competitors developing all these strategic and tactical plans. Well, the problem is, this is probably an old quote, because over the past year, this airline has had significant delays not hourly de- del- delays. They were having delays that lasted days, weeks. I guess the the question is, how is that um, doing things as your strategic plan working out for you? You know, it's important. I don't care if you're a Fortune 1,000 company or a small business, emerging small business or an entrepreneur. It's extremely important to plan, to be strategic and tactical, and have a road map for success within your business. So. Failure to plan means failure to survive. Another reason entrepreneurs fail is poor or neglected inventory control. Inventory is one of the largest investments any entrepreneur will make. And what's interesting is that a lot of entrepreneurs, again, didn't come from a position where they had to focus on inventory control as a part of their job. So that's something that they have to learn. Insufficient inventory shortages is one of the reasons that companies will become disloyal and your customer attrition rate will increase if you don't have the inventory to fulfill the requirements and the needs of your customers. And then on the flip side of that, sometimes you have a problem with too much inventory or the wrong type of inventory. Inventory management is extremely important in a small business. There are computerized point of sale systems that will help you track items as they come in and as they go out, do your investigation, do your research of those systems that you can utilize within your business that will help you with inventory control because again, that's mission critical that you have that under wraps. Some small businesses fell is wrong pricing. Entrepreneurs must know the cost to make products, the cost to market their product, and the cost to deliver their product and services. You can't just charge what your competitors charge, but you also have to avoid underpricing your product or service. Because again, so many entrepreneurs get excited to be a business owner, and they want to get market share, so they're trying to undercut their competition. So they lower their prices significantly. The problem is, once you go to the marketplace with a price point significantly low, it's hard to increase it because you don't even remember in a lot of cases who you've provided proposals to. These decision makers, they remember what you offered them. In a lot of cases, they have that paper trail and they will go back and say, hey, why are you giving me this price at this point? Whereas a few months ago, it was here. So make sure that you don't lower your prices and undervalue your services. Definitely don't give anything for free because your value proposition is what will allow you to charge appropriately. So understand the value that you're offering to your client as it relates to your product or services, articulate that value and make sure that they understand and realize the return on investment that they'll receive by moving forward with your product or service. And again, we'll talk about that in a future episode. Then you also have the failure to transition smoothly into that entrepreneurial endeavor into that role where you got to wear now multiple hats. Growth in a small business requires a different style of leadership. So your startup may require one style of leadership. However, as you become an emerging small business, more profitable and you're looking to scale, the leadership style may need to shift. You may start hiring employees. So you may need to bring in someone who can actually operate as CEO for your business, and you may need to step into a chairman's role because managerial ineffectiveness is one of the reasons why a lot of startups fail, why a lot of entrepreneurs never scaled their business. Then you also have an issue with some entrepreneurs who fail to delegate. We all want to have our hands in everything, and we have to trust the people that we hire to be able to do their job effectively. So make sure that if you're an entrepreneur and you're challenged with how to delegate and you're trying to do everything on your own, you're trying to be everything to everyone, that you pull back and start delegating appropriately to the people you've hired to do the job and trust them to do it well. You have to relinquish that authority of the deli operations because growth pushes entrepreneurs into areas that they may not be capable of succeeding in because you're wearing so many hats. Another reason, and the last reason I'm going to give you as to why entrepreneurs fail, if you are a brick and mortar business and you have a physical location, remember this, location, location, location. You must research the location and don't leave it to chance and understand that your business success is predicated upon you Conducting that research and putting that business in a position to succeed. And that's all about location and being in the right location. It's all about researching and conducting research and speaking to people in that area to ascertain what are some of the challenges that you may face if you put your business in that particular area. Some of the reasons entrepreneurs fail is unique to the business owner. It could be personal issues that, they have. It could be mental instability, addictions, and things of that nature that I won't get into. But every business that fails isn't the result of a bad business idea or a bad product or service. Sometimes it's just the person operating that business wasn't prepared for success or they were dealing with some challenges that didn't translate well into being a leader. So as you consider becoming an entrepreneur and you look at the type of business you want to start, how to prepare to be successful in that business or in that niche, understand all of these things that I've discussed as it relates to why businesses fail, not to scare you, but to prepare you so that you don't make the same mistake. So do me a favor, my friends, hit like and subscribe to my podcast now so you'll be alerted to future episodes. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you so much. Carpe diem.